Hello and welcome to the Run the Day podcast. I'm your host, Nick Simmons. With me, as always, is Kamala. Say hi, Cam. Hi, welcome, you guys. Welcome. How's everyone doing? I'm doing great. I hope everybody else is doing well, too. I'm just so excited for the weekend. Yeah. I'm not a guy that lives for the weekend, but this weekend's going to be awesome. What do you have planned? I'm on the road. I'm going down to LA and to Austin. I love connecting with people from other different cities. I love visiting our accounts in other different cities. Uh, It's going to be a good weekend. It'll be fun. Yeah. And speaking of the guests that we've had on the show, we've had athletes, we've had Olympians, we've had CEOs, we've had celebrity trainers. And we want to hear from you guys. Who do you guys want to see next on the show? Do you want to see more chefs? Let us do know. You want to see I, more I, I'm biased. I like talking to the athletes and the entrepreneurs, but yep. I have so much fun talking to all our guests. You know, I, I remember some of the the moms. Oh my gosh, yeah. the moms that work so hard. Yeah. What are your favorites? You know, I really like the moms too because it's cool to hear their experience of balancing life and yeah. you know how they make. The and most I, of their I say mom, days. but they're all like multifaceted moms that are doing their own huge careers or, and or they're, yeah. they're incredible nine to fives. But the parents really, I think. What it gets down to is that on the Run the Day podcast, we like to talk about busy people who run the day and don't let the day run them. And I've never been more inspired or seen this more personified than I see it in parents, right, Uh who don't get full night's sleep. We see it with our COO, Nathan. Yeah. You know, when the kids are sick, then he's up all night and he still comes in here and clocks in nine to five. Hustles. And and I wouldn't even know that he didn't get any sleep. It just inspires me. Yeah. But ultimately, you know, we want to create the content that you guys want to hear. So shoot us an email, podcast at rungum.com with the guest you want to hear on this podcast and we'll make it happen just for you guys love it thank you guys for listening yeah thanks for letting us know who you want to hear this one was actually a nick pick i said i want Ooh, to i hear like that thing nick, nick pick yeah, yeah. The nick pick i said <laughs> i want more athletes and specifically athletes that are entrepreneurs or as i like to call them athletepreneurs athletepreneurs uh, of yeah. course i'm biased because i am an athletepreneur myself but this one today my interview with justin forsett this guy is amazing amazing the quintessential athletepreneur he played in the nfl as a running back for many teams, including Seattle, yeah. Denver Broncos, the list goes on and on. But he also founded a company in 2013 while he was still playing called Shower Pill. Yep. And it's blowing up. It's on store shelves nationwide in Target. So cool. What did you think of his story? Awesome. Just, you know, the experience of having to vacillate between the two, being an athlete and a full-time entrepreneur, that's a lot to handle. It and is. he did it. And then now has launched his product into Target. He's doing the right thing. Made a seamless transition. Uh, he's got a great attitude about life, about yeah. business, and you'll see very quickly why he's so successful. Yep, you let's, will. Let's jump right into it. Without further ado, here he is, Justin Forsett. All right, here he is, coming from Miami today. It's Justin Forsett. Justin, how are you? I'm doing well, Nick. Thanks for having me on. Tell me how Miami is, man. Make me jealous. Oh, man, it's beautiful, man. I, I woke up. It's a nice sunrise right now. It's about 70 degrees. Oh, I'm, I'm sitting jealous. right here on the ocean. <laughs> it's nice. Unbelievable. But you, you spend most of your time in Dallas, correct? Yes, yes. I live in, live in Dallas. I'm just here for a, a conference right now. Did you grow up in Dallas? I grew up in Florida, actually. Okay. Uh, about three hours north of, uh, of Miami uh, in a little town called Mulberry, Florida. Beautiful. How'd you like growing up there? Man, it was nice. Um, sports was was king here, just like Texas. Played football at an early age. It was a pretty cool place in Disney. Disney World is mm-hmm. was 45 minutes away from my house, so a lot of vacations there. I love it. I love it, man. I fished out that way. You ever done any fishing up in, in the Mosquito Lagoon, I think is what it was called. Oh, man. So I, I like the idea of fishing. 
but I'm afraid to touch the fish. So that's yeah, my yeah. problem. <laughs> I, hear a lot of, I hear a lot of people say, I like fishing, but the idea of being on a boat or the idea of the fish coming at me doesn't work for them. But, uh, <laughs> exactly. so you, but you, you're, you're a land lover and man, on the land, you moved fast. Did you always know you were going to be a football player or did you, you know, were you passionate about a lot of different sports at an early age? Yeah, football was kind of my dream. I did play other sports, of course. I ran track, I played mm -hmm. baseball, basketball, but there was one day I saw a guy named Barry Sanders uh, running mm -hmm. football for the Detroit Lions. So that really kind of changed everything for me. He was a, a small guy like myself, uh, but he was electric on the field. And uh, I was like, man, after watching him, I was like, one day I want to do that. So I pursued it. But you weren't the biggest. 5'8 mm -hmm. is what I have you down here. But you mm -hmm. were fast, man. What were you able to run in the, in the 100 in track, if you don't mind me asking? Oh, man. I wasn't that fast. I was like around probably like 10'9". It's good. It's um, real 10 good. 10'9 guy. You know, there was a lot of guys way faster than that, especially in Florida. So uh, I was pretty decent. What do you accredit your success to then? If you're not the fastest and you're not the biggest, mm -hmm. how did you get so far in your sport? Man, I... I like to say, man, I excelled at the things that I could control. That was my attitude, my effort and preparation. So it was just kind of like the, the mental aspect, you know, being a step ahead of everyone in that regard. And then just being a hard worker, being able to persevere through a lot of different things and fight. There was a lot of limitations that people placed on me. People pulled me in a box, uh, but I was going to outwork everyone. I was going to put the time in. I was going to be dedicated and disciplined and do those things that uh, other people weren't willing or able to do. I love that, man. That attitude must have taken you, you know, from high school into college. Where did you play college ball? Oh, man, in the Pac-10 at the time, what it was once called, uh, at the great university of California at Berkeley. I love it. Yeah, I, I kind of led you <laughs> with that one a little bit. I wanted to see if you'd plug the Pac-10, which is now the Pac-12. But I remember yeah. watching you play, and, man, you were fun to watch. Yeah, man, we had some great seasons there, uh, some good games against Oregon. We had, I want to say, uh, some elite players. Uh, Aaron Rodgers was a quarterback mm -hmm. when I was there. Marshawn Lynch, Deshaun Jackson. We had a number team. of guys. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We, never, we couldn't get over help over SC with, like most teams did back, uh, yeah. back during the Pete Carroll era. But, yeah, we had some good, some good squads. Did you like living in Berkeley? I mean, that's quite a, quite oh. a change from, from <laughs> you know, East coast of Florida into the Bay. No, no, it was definitely a culture shock for me, yeah. you know, going on to campus at Berkeley and experiencing, you know, Telegraph Avenue. I remember like my first day of class, it was pouring outside and I was walking to the library and there was a nude protest going on outside. <laughs> You're like, what is going <laughs> on? I was like, what is, <laughs> but it was a great experience. I met my wife there. Uh, she was on the volleyball team and track team. So some very fond memories of, of Berkeley and I still go back. That is amazing. And you actually got drafted from your time there by the Seahawks, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. Uh, I was drafted uh, in the seventh round by the Seattle Seahawks, pick 233. Amazing. Did you end up going up to Seattle right then after that, after the draft? Yeah. Yeah. So, we were, you know, you get drafted. And, um, I was at home with my family and you got the call and uh, went right up there to start uh, you know, offseason training. And I mean, that first year, rookie year, I mean, you're pretty much uh, up in Seattle or up with your team uh, yeah. year round. You're there yeah. the longest of anyone. So, yeah, what, went right what, up there. What part of town were you living in? Oh, man. Um, when I first got there, I was in Renton, Washington, uh -huh. right by the facility. Right by the and facility, then, yeah. Yeah. And then uh, moved to, uh, to Bellevue uh, oh, my later nice years. Area. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. If you can afford it, right? It's a beautiful, yeah, beautiful area. One, one thing that I regret being up there is that I didn't, I didn't buy any land or a house up there because right now it would be worth a lot, a lot of money. Well, and especially the time of the recession, right? Right after the 08 recession, yep. you've been snapping up land there. I lived yes. in, uh, I lived in U District for a while. Um, oh, and, okay. And my girlfriend's family's from Issaquah. 
And so I wow. go to, out to Bellevue quite a bit. And I just, I, I, exactly what you're saying, man. It just, it's growing so fast. It's hard to keep up with. And uh, Amazon, man. Oh, I know it. Well, and, and Boeing's right there in Renton and, and all the different companies. You got T-Mobile there and yeah, Microsoft. Boy, yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's, it's, it's a really great city, but you didn't stay in Seattle your entire career. You bounced around mm-hmm. a little bit. Tell us what that's like. You know, man, it's uh it was a, a crazy wild journey for me. I call it an unstable blessing because the instability of me going from team to team was tough being a journeyman in the NFL, but it was a blessing because I got to play football for a living. So that part was great, but picking up, going from Seattle to Houston, to Jacksonville, to Baltimore, to Detroit, wow. uh, to Denver, you know, all these different teams. It was, uh, can be definitely hard on the, on the family, but I got on the flip side, I got a chance to meet a lot of different great people, create some great relationships and all the, the cities that I was in, the teams I played for. I like to call myself the Kevin Bacon of the NFL. So there's like six <laughs> degrees of separation between me and Everybody any player. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny, man. I, you know, I just, I talked to a triple A baseball player in one of our podcasts and kind of the similar lifestyle, right? You're, you're bouncing around from city to city and team to team. And I know you were doing this at the NFL level. It must be just so hard emotionally on yourself and your family to be just never knowing where you're going to be calling home from one season to a next. Well, how did you and your family deal with it? Yeah, uh, thankfully, my wife, who after school, she was on a USA volleyball team. So she was used to traveling. Her dad played in the NBA, so she kind of knew the lifestyle. So mm-hmm. it wasn't too hard to really for her to pick up and go from city to city. But when we started to add kids, then, you know, you know, picking them up and, you know, taking them with us, that that was a little more difficult. How um, many kids you have? I have three kids. Wow. Big family, man. I love it. Yeah, yeah, man. So even when I I decided, fast forward into when I decided to retire in my last year, I mean, I played with three teams. I was Baltimore and then Detroit and then Denver in that last season. And, you know, I'm, I'm renting in each place, each city that I was in. So uh, when I got a call that I was leaving uh, Detroit and going to Denver, my wife was the one left behind to kind of mm-hmm. with our two kids pack to pack up. up. <laughs> oh, no, that sounds and, horrible. Yeah. And it was, uh, she had to drive back to our home in Baltimore at the time. We still had a place out there. Mm-hmm. So she drove nine hours in a snowstorm with a four-year-old and a two-year-old. Oh, my gosh. Um, and and she was pregnant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, thankful for her. So, so that's when I kind of knew it was like it was time uh, yeah. for us to, to be done. Yeah, of course. You know, I think the lay person like myself, we see shows like Ballers or we see the headlines and we think (laughs) that all the NFL players, you know, they're out there living this playboy lifestyle. And I'm sure some of your teammates were. How do teams balance those personalities? The young athletes that want to live the playboy lifestyle, nothing wrong with that, with the the Mm -hmm. people that want to start a family early, like, like yourself. You know, how do those personalities clash or do you guys come together as a team? I've always been curious about that. Yeah, no, we, I mean, this is a great thing about the locker room. There's a lot of different personalities, a lot of different people with this, different belief systems, uh, you know, backgrounds. And, you know, we just come together for one goal, and, and that is to win a championship. Uh, the team does a great job of providing resources uh, for guys to be successful, you know, on and off the field, mm-hmm. um, whether it's getting into business endeavors, whether you want to start a family. We provide a, a ton of resources for guys. So whatever personality you have, they can deliver anything that you need. And uh, a little bit. Yeah. 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 So that was the cool thing about being in the NFL. I love it, man. Uh, It's so cool. It must've been the life, but you know, I just came out of this own transition myself. It was, it was coming from a pro athlete of 12 years to figure out what the next chapter is in my life. You know, was that difficult for you or, or because of the family and, and all the other obligation you had, it it was kind of 
you know, a little bit of, um, you know, almost some peace to it. It was a difficult, mm-hmm. like, tell me, tell me about that transition. Yeah, for me, I would say it was a little easier for me to transition because, I mean, I was fired six times throughout my career. So bouncing <laughs> from a little team bit to team. Easier, yeah. <laughs> so I had to think about the end a lot while I was playing and kind of like if, oh, next year, if I don't play, what would I do? And, mm-hmm. you know, start a kind business all, while I, always preparing yourself for that moment. Yeah. Yeah. Because you never knew when it was going to when it was going to come. You know, so that part was kind of easy for me. Now, when I got to transition, most families and wives, they think, okay, retirement means, okay, things are going to slow down and you're going to be around more. Maybe go to the golf course here and there. But (laughs) she wasn't ready for the full time entrepreneur life going from one extreme to the other. It's almost in some ways the same lifestyle, bouncing from city to city, trade show to trade show. Did you start your business while you were still playing or was it kind of a seamless transition after you after you retired? Yeah, yeah. So I started while I was playing with uh, two of my teammates from Berkeley. And uh, yeah, we got together and started uh, uh, this company and Shower Pill where, you know, we create personal care products for, for athletes and, and people on the go. And uh, our body wipe has been like the hero product for us. Uh, it's a great product. I've, I've used it many, many <laughs> times. Tell why, what led you guys. You could have started any business. Why mm-hmm. Shower Pill? Why this particular product? And, and where do you aspire to take the company? Yeah. So for one, it started from a place of uh, just need where we were athletes and we we're constantly sweating and working out. You know, it was three or four times a day. We couldn't get to the shower three or four times. So um, we wanted to create a solution. Uh, we wanted to practice good hygiene throughout the day. We saw guys were going around and catching staff and ringworm and things like that in the locker room. And there was nothing out there to really solve that problem for us on a, on a daily so we uh, we created this disposable washcloth to kind of uh, fill in the gap and fill that void. And uh, yeah, I mean, our mission is essentially to become the Gatorade of hygiene, you know, Love taking it. care of the personal care needs of uh, athletes and the active person on the go. So it's, it's been a pretty cool journey. What year did you found the company? So we founded it in 2013, 2012. And uh, like really commercially launched in 14. So it's been pretty cool. Similar to Rungum. We kind of started talking about it in 2013 and officially launched in 14. And we're on we're on similar shelving. You guys recently (laughs) launched in Target. (laughs) Yeah, man. uh, That's huge. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you, man. It's, it's been a pretty cool experience. And uh, people ask me like, man, what was it like when you, you got the news? And for me, I was probably more emotional on that day than I was on my draft day. I love uh, it. I was getting, getting, getting on those shelves. So really cool experience and uh, still a lot of work to be done, but it's a pretty cool stepping stone. That's the story of the entrepreneur's life. You, you get one moment where you're, you're emotionally like, oh my God, we've done it. Oh wait, there's still a lot of work to be done. Yeah. So getting on the store shelf, I say, is only 10% of the battle. Now you got to make sure it sells yeah. through. Exactly, exactly. So, um, you know, so if you're listening, going to Target and buy yourself a shower pill body wipe. I've used these things. I actually taught. Mm-hmm. I brought I brought a box of them up on uh, Kilimanjaro. So I was oh, climbing nice. Mount climbing Mount Kilimanjaro for seven days. We don't have showers up there. This was a lifesaver. Yeah, it's been it's been great, especially for the avid runner. It's been cool to see how people take it and make it their own. And, uh, you know, I, I, when I first started this company, when we first started it, you know, thinking, man, it'd be great for football players or team sports. But to now see it where the soccer moms or mm-hmm. youth sports athletes or the climber, or the hiker and the, the social runner, people that like to work out during their lunch break and uh, they have shower ready available, they can use our body wipe. So that's it's pretty cool to see people taking it and make it their own and uh, uh, even even if you're going to Kilimanjaro. Anyone sweating or getting dirty can benefit from this product. Sure. <laughs> yes. So yes, I'm curious, you, how many founders were there originally? Yeah, yeah, so it's three, three founders. And is everybody still very active in the business? 
Yes, yes. Uh, very active. I'm here in Dallas and my uh, other founders are in the Bay Area. So we do a little back and forth. And how do you guys divide up the labor? It's always interesting to, mm-hmm. to me to see founding teams kind of assigned duties. And it really comes down almost to skill set. Yeah, yeah, that's what it is, man. With our background, knowing that the team, the team background that we have playing and playing football together, whether it's, you know, collegiate or pro, we know that we all have to play our role and play to our strengths. So we went with that when deciding the, the roles of this team and this organization, this company. And, uh, you know, me, my job is essentially the CEO of the company and I handle a lot of different things because when you have a startup, you got to, you know, you got to handle pitch meetings wear, and wear you got to mop the floor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's a lot of that going on. But uh, yeah, we definitely play through our strengths and our skill set and, and try to hold each other accountable. Yeah, here here we use the term CEO loosely, and and I say I'm the chief evangelical officer, basically head cheerleader, and I'm yeah. just out there telling people to get excited about Run Gum because we're going to come everywhere. Uh, you'll see us at Target, you'll see us at CVS, you'll see us at Walgreens, you'll see us at Walmart, and I'm constantly cheering the brand on. Yeah, man, it's same same here, man. It's uh it's pretty cool to be out front and being able to be that that number one uh, evangelical but also getting a little dirty and grimy and handling the, the grunt work day to day to make sure the business is going. Do you enjoy the grunt work a little bit? I mean, I, 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 <laughs> some days I love it. And some days I, I, it's just, it's just, grunt work, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, um, I, you know, I try to embrace the grind, you know, I wake up every morning feeling like I have a purpose and I feel like I want to, I want this company to be successful and I'm willing to do the labor that it takes to take it there, just like sports. I mean, yeah. it's not all fun and not, it's not all glitz and glamour. You're not going to want to do it each day. You're not going to want to train in a weight room each day, but you know it's it's necessary for growth and, uh, and, and progress. So, uh, so you do it, yeah. So it's definitely not fun each and every day, but with the goal in mind and the end in mind, you're thinking like, man, this is what it takes to get to the next level. I absolutely love that. I think there are so many characteristics that make up a great athlete that also make up a great entrepreneur, hard work, perseverance, tenacity, you know, all of those things that made you that great football player. You're just taking that same work ethic and drive and applying it to entrepreneurship. Yeah, no, man, the the similarities are are, are crazy. Just to think about, like you said, some of those traits, I mean, those same things that make you great on the on the track or in the on the football field can make you a great uh, entrepreneur because it's in our DNA, commitment, discipline, hard work. Those things uh, go hand in hand. Well, another thing you'll see that's common among a lot of successful people and certainly entrepreneurs is that they can't quite let that physical side of them go. And I know I would love to be able to run 10 miles every morning like I used to. I can't, but I still feel that if I get out and get a workout in each day, I think clearer. I'm more patient. I'm a better CEO if I take care of myself that way. Do you still work out much? Of course, of course. It's definitely, um, you know, health is wealth. We have a saying in the NFL where it says that uh, your best ability is availability. So what that means is that, uh, I mean, if you're not taking care of yourself and you're always on the sideline injury or dealing with health issues, you're no good to the team and you'll get replaced. And uh, so no no different in business. Like you got to take care of your course. You got to do the grunt work and grind and make sure your business is successful. But you got to be healthy. You got to be healthy in mind, body and spirit. So you got to take care of yourself or, or the company won't be any good. So uh, definitely nothing definitely. worse, nothing worse than when your employees are all ill and you're looking around like, why, why are we getting so sick? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. How many employees do you have now? Oh, man, we have, I mean, it's still a small team. It's about, uh, say, five, 
Yeah. Run gum's just a little bit bigger than that. It's, it's, yeah. it, you know, our businesses are on such similar trajectories. It's really fun to watch you guys grow. No, it's inspiring to see uh, you guys do your thing and, you know, us be on the same uh, target shelves. Uh, it's inspiring because even, you know, being an entrepreneur you know, and me being in a team sport most of my life, I mean, it can be isolating if you're not careful. And so it's encouraging, inspiring to see the work that you guys are doing on the daily and the new uh, distribution channels you guys are uh, continue to open up in, in this lane. And uh, so it's just good to see the energy that you guys are providing out there for, you know, athletes that you can be more and do more. And where do you aspire to take the brand to next? Is it a focus on direct consumer channels, a focus on e-tailers or is it brick and mortar now moving forward yeah yeah right now um it's uh it's brick and mortar for, for us um you know with the us being both in the cpg space it's, it's definitely a, a volume place for us and we see a place in brick and mortar that we do take an omni-channel approach so we, mm-hmm. we're definitely uh, e-commerce today, right? yeah yeah you definitely gotta do have your e-commerce game and direct to consumer as well as we do work with gyms and some of those like boutique places like crossfits and uh yoga studios soul cycles of the world so that's a part of our business as well but yeah brick and mortar is kind of leading the way here's the fun problem for the entrepreneur is when you do an interview uh you know with traditional media or a podcast like this and you say well where can we find your product where do you direct that customer initially because you have so you Uh you said you're omni channel there's so many different places for customers to find your product where would you ideally have your listener go and buy a product today oh easy target boom i love it gotta go target right you gotta go target man i mean 1800 targets what at night it reaches 99 percent of, of u.s consumers within a 10 or 20 mile radius yes it's it's crazy and it's it's easy i mean most people are at target at least you know at least one time a week so yeah that's definitely easy for us to point our customer there as we continue to build that relationship and add new skews to our uh to our brand i love it man what's in the pipeline or can you share those i know we were pretty close-lipped uh-huh. about uh about new products coming down the pipeline. Yes. Um, so I can tell you about the additional scents that we'll have for our body wipe. And uh, we're coming out with a, a face wipe here this year. So love it. We're pretty excited about it. Uh, should be coming soon. And you should be able to purchase it not only on our, our website and Amazon, but also in Target. I love it, man. And what, what's, what else is next for you personally? I mean, you've got wonderful mm-hmm. wife and three kids. Is there, are there goals that you're continuing to set or are they mostly you know, financially business driven at this point? <sighs> Yeah, no, man. I, I mean, I look at guys like, you know, Magic Johnson. I look at guys like Michael Jordan and even LeBron and Steph right now, just kind of really, really redefining the athlete and the, the businessman and mogul. And I'm just trying to grow as much as possible. I'm at Harvard Business School right now in the program for the semester. Just kind of really trying to stretch myself and, you know, get myself uncomfortable where I can learn and grow and really be successful in the business realm. So uh, that's kind of my mindset, just kind of learn and put myself around people that uh, are smarter than me. I like Um, that. (laughs) So so I can do more and be more. It's like when you're an athlete and you want to play for the best team, right? Because you want to be surrounded by people that are going to push you to be the greatest you that you can be. And in business, it's very similar. You just surround yourself with people, like you say, who are smarter than you and try to learn all that you can. I, I constantly say here at RunGum that, that we worked hard to find the best team, the best salesperson, the best marketing manager. And I kind of let them tell me what to do in those areas of expertise because they're the experts, not me. Yeah, yeah, no, there's definitely, you know, a sense of like humility. I think that any 
entrepreneur has to have in order in order to grow. Because I believe it was Pete Carroll that uh, used to tell us uh, back in Seattle is that the three worst words you can say is I got it. You never have <laughs> yeah, it. You never have you it. Stay humble, learn and grow from the people around you. So uh, that's kind of my, my mentality. I love it. Last question for you. Do you still watch a lot of football? <laughs> yes, I do watch some football. I, I am a solid. I do sideline reporting for the Baltimore Ravens during the season. Sure. So I, I'm still active and, and around the game. Don't miss being hit by 300 pound men. I don't, but, I don't uh, blame definitely, you. <laughs> definitely still watch. Dude, I love it. You're a very busy man. I appreciate your time and I wish you nothing but the best in everything that you're doing. Uh, if people want to check you out, they can find you across social media at J Forset. And the website is uh, showerpill.com. Is that correct? That's it. Showerpill.com. Are you on Amazon? Well, Amazon, of course. No, number one product on, on Amazon. And, uh, Amazon That's what I'm source. talking about. That's yeah. awesome. Congratulations. All right. Well, hey, thank, thank you, you again for your time. You're a good friend to the Run Gum brand. And I, I look forward to working with you again in the future. Thanks, man. I appreciate you, Nate. Thanks so much, Justin. A big thank you to everyone for joining us on that episode. If you want to find out more or listen to other episodes, go to rungum.com slash podcast. Also, please make sure to subscribe on iTunes or your preferred player. I'm Nick Simmons, and you've been listening to the Run the Day podcast. Until next time.